There's a sweet, sweet spirit in this place, and I know it's the spirit of the Lord. There are sweet expressions on each page and I know it's the spirit of the Lord sweet Holy Spirit sweet heavenly God stay right here Filling us with your love And for all these blessings We lift our hearts in praise Without a doubt we'll know That we have been revived When we shall leave this place Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. All right, that's better. That's better. Thank you, Lord. Hey, I do have a joke for you. An elderly woman, this is about mom. It's the only one I could find about mom. An elderly woman walked into the local country church. The friendly usher greeted her at the door and helped her up the flight of steps. Are you a first-time visitor, asked the usher. Why, yes, I am, replied the woman. Where would you like to sit, he asked politely. The front row, please, she answered. You really don't want to do that, the usher said. The pastor is really boring. (laughs) Do you happen to know who I am, the woman inquired. No, he said. I'm the pastor's mother, she replied indignantly. Do you know who I am, he asked. No, she said. Good, he answered. Uh, Praise God. Heavenly Father, thank you for this beautiful, blessed day, this Mother's Day. We thank you for all of your love and, and blessings on all the mothers everywhere, all the women everywhere. Lord, we just thank God. We thank you. That you are God and that you have given us wonderful mothers. And we just bless them today. And we thank you for your precious word. Thank you for implanting it in us. Causing it to take root and bear fruit in our lives. That we might be helped, healed everywhere we hurt. Empowered by your promises. And let us know that we are loved by you. And prospered in every way. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. You're going to turn in your Bibles if you got them. To uh, Luke chapter 1, interestingly enough, usually think of that as the Christmas story. I want to ask you, what do you think the greatest miracle of all time was? Hmm? Anybody? The greatest miracle of all time. Hmm. Amen. Amen. I would say it's the conception of Jesus. 
in Mary's womb. I know lots of people who have witnessed people from the dead. I've got a friend who <laughs> son was dead for five hours in the morgue with a toe tag on. <laughs> Live and well today. Helps with the ministry, huh? Said he don't have any more brain damage than he did before. <laughs> <laughs> seen lots of people healed. Seen miraculous provision. But what could possibly compare with God himself somehow taking his place in Mary's womb and being incarnated as a perfect little human baby? I'd say that's the greatest miracle of all time. Today is Mother's Day. <laughs> I was asking the Lord this week about what was his message for, for Mother's Day. And I was really thinking about Mary. And not something I normally do regarding Mother's Day. But then I went and I, Tavana came. She started talking about Mary. And I was thinking about Mary. <laughs> and what an amazing mother she was. When we think about mothers, while we don't pray to Mary, there's one mediator between God and man. That's Jesus Christ. Um We'll marry a lot, I would say. <laughs> I believe she's a great example of what a mother should be. I also think about all the risk that God took with Mary. You ever thought about that? He depended on a Jewish teenager responding the right way to his word. And if she hadn't, Otherwise, salvation would not have ever been made available to us. <clears throat> so, thank God and thank Mary. <laughs> he risked a lot with her. You know, he also risked a lot with each one of us. Everybody that he calls to be his child, everyone that he entrusts to teach his word and to share him with a sick and dying world. You know, you see so much error. God has taken me and shown me to convince me that he could actually use somebody like me. Not that I compare myself to anyone else. But there's so much error, so much ambition, so much idolatry, and even sin amongst God's people and even in the ministry. I had a friend the other day said something seriously wrong when the world is offended by everything except for sin. <laughs> you know, God called me some 15 years ago now. And after we had our back and forth, <laughs> and I agreed, I, uh, I've done everything that I can to be faithful to my commitment to live for Him and to share His Word and to share Him, the real Jesus, with a world that's hurting and in need of Him. And I am what I am by the grace of God. If there's anything good in me, it's all Him. I had a friend 
who has a powerful ministry, and he he sent me a message last week and asked if I would say something to for a graduation letter for his 18-year-old daughter who's graduating in mid-May. And, and the question was, that, you know, we didn't want advice except for answer one question. What would you say to your 18-year-old self when you were graduating if you could look back and speak to him? And I had a terrible time with that. It did ministry to me. God had to work in me. I had to walk away several times from that question. And then I said, well, this sweet girl, because I know she knows the Lord. I know her well. I mean, I know her family. I know her. I said, the only thing I would say to her, she, she doesn't have any need for anything I would say to that young man, except stay away from him. But then I, I did, God did minister to me and, and we were able to, I came up with uh, what I would say to him and I sent it on. But it's really just the same message that I preach every day to everyone, you know. Everyone has the same need and it's Jesus. I think it's amazing that God put so much trust in that teenage girl so long ago. Today, people treat teenagers like they're babies. And they try to make sure that they have everything that they need to be happy. Everything they want. While it's imperative that they know that they're loved, it's the result of teaching them to live entitled can really bring them a lot of heartache, not only for them, but for the whole world. When you raise somebody that way, it's hard to break them of it when they become of work age or voting age, if you know what I mean. But I think that if we, if the Lord tarries, because God didn't treat Mary that way. He didn't treat her as entitled. He put a lot of he made a he put a lot of pressure on her. <laughs> he asked a lot of Mary of a teenager. And I think that we're going to see one of the greatest moves of God and I think we're going to see teenagers and young people evangelize this nation and this world in a revival like we've never seen in this world's history. And that's coming sooner than later. So we need to keep encouraging. We owe these, this generation of young people a lot. We need to keep the Word of God, the Spirit of God, in the forefront of their lives. Because if we don't, the enemy's competing for their time and attention as well. And he'll fill that void. So it falls back on the parents. It falls back on the pastors. And it falls back on... Our culture. If Christians would all agree and stand up for God, things would change overnight. But what calls itself the body of Christ is not necessarily really what the body of Christ looks like. So we're going to find out in the days and 
years to come, like I said, if the Lord tarries. Because I believe this end times bride of Christ is going to be adorned with all the gifts of the Spirit, walking in power and victory and love. And uh, it's going to be pretty evident. Like when Moses went back into Egypt and there's, uh, you throw down your rod and I'll throw down mine and we'll see. Because there's some real lovers of Jesus that have just been turned off by religion and hypocrites and things like that. And they're going to be coming out of the woodwork to worship the true and living God. Amen. Get back to Mary. She's a great example for all Christians, not just mothers. I'm going to look in Luke chapter 1. I'm going to start reading to you in the 31st verse. This is the angel Gabriel came and he had a, had a word for Mary. Luke chapter 1 verse 31. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be since I'm a virgin? Not unbelief? A fair question. Huh? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child will be born, will be called... To be born will be called holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Now it's important that we take that and translate that from the original Greek. I'm not trying to be a, a Rhodes scholar. Like I told you, I know a little Greek and a little Hebrew. One owns a laundromat, one owns a delicatessen. But where it says for nothing will be impossible with God because a lot of people know that scripture. But in the original Greek it says no word of God will be without power. So every word God speaks has the power within it to make it happen. Amen. Look at Mary's response in the 39th verse. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord let it be to me according to your word. Saying according to your word, release the greatest miracle of all time. It was her response. That's what we need to realize. We need to embrace the truth that when we have the word of God, the promises of God, then all we have to do is say, God... Let it be to me according to your word. Don't try to think of something you can do in your own strength. Or limit God by your small thinking. We do that often. Just find the word, the promise that pertains to your need, your situation. Don't waste time wishing just lay hold of what God has provided for you by faith and don't let go. Are with me? Yeah. It's greater than anything that you can imagine or think in your own strength or resources. You see? I want to give you an example. We'll go back to the Old Covenant. 
in First Chronicles chapter 17. And just to give you a little, in, in the, around the 23rd verse, but just to give you a little background, this is when the prophet Nathan had come to David and told him that he was to be the father that would bring, of the, of the family lineage that would bring the Messiah and would establish God's kingdom forever. And it kind of blew his mind. It was, it was more than David ever thought was possible when he was uh, tending a few sheep for his dad, you know. He never imagined that something so wonderful could happen to him and through him, and it was really hard to grasp. Especially having come from just being a little shepherd boy. And you know what he did? He went and he sat in the, the presence of the Lord. He just got quiet. The Bible says, be still and know that I am God. And David just, oh, that's a good thing to do, folks. He just went and he sat in the presence of the Lord. And then this is what David said after he had been with the Lord in, in 1 Chronicles 17, 23. He said, And now, O Lord, the word which you have spoken concerning your servant and concerning his house, let it be established forever and do as you have said. Basically the same response that Mary gave. Amen. See, what releases the miracle working power of God is... Just, God, do as you have said. Just do as you have said for me. Never try to think of something greater than God has already said because what He said is much greater than anything you could ever ask or think. Amen. Second Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. His divine power has granted to us all things. It's already done. The past perfect tense, which is, means it's ongoing. It's already done. He has granted to us all things that pertain to life. That's this life and godliness. Through the knowledge, how? Through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellence. What you don't know is killing you, folks. Through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellence, by which He has granted, has granted to us His precious and very great promises, so that through them, through what? The promises, you may become partakers of the divine nature having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. So God is offering us His divine nature. He's granted us all things. So it's far above anything that we can ask or imagine. But if you don't become familiar with the Word of God, then you're missing out on the provision of God that He has for you there in His Word. So don't cheat yourself. Don't cheat yourself out of it because the Bible, this Bible is the, the treasury of God's riches and it contains your inheritance. You have to go mine it out of there though. Just, just waiting for you to lay claim to it. It's all here. All His promises for you in Christ, the Word says, are what? Yes. yes and amen. 
And there's what? We say about 8,000 promises in here. I keep saying that. No one's challenged me on it yet. So until you count them all up, I'm going to stick with that number. Praise God. I hope you do. I hope you find every one of them and lay claim to every one of them. In Jesus' name, I, I just speak that over every one of you. And myself. Amen. According to your word, Lord, do as you have said, Lord, unto me. That's going to release the miracle work and power of God in your life. Now, listen. That's the word. The precious word. The seed. The, the logos of God, huh? And you need to find it. You need to dig out that promise which becomes alive and active. That's the rhema. That's the now word. That's the spoken word. That's the part that he's talking to you for right now. For that situation, right? But the Holy Spirit is the power. It's the power of the Holy Spirit that produces the miracles. Now listen closely to this. It's the power of the Holy Spirit that produces the miracle working power that's found in the seed of the Word of God. Hmm? You have to speak the Word in faith. And then the Word releases the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Luke one thirty five. remember the angel answered Mary and said, The Holy Spirit will conceive in your womb, but the Holy Spirit never moved until Mary responded in faith. When she said, be it unto me according to your word, she released the Holy Spirit to do God's will. Do you see that? Do you see that cooperation? Do you see that relationship between you, the word, and the Holy Spirit? That's how it is with us. We release the power of the Holy Spirit when we speak the word of God in faith. People love the supernatural, don't they? I do too. I've witnessed a lot of it. And I'm going to witness a lot more. Amen. Amen. In Jesus' name. But remember, not everything that's supernatural is of God. You remember the example I used a while ago. Remember when Moses went into Pharaoh's court and and uh, he threw down his rod and became a snake? You know what? His magicians did the same thing, didn't they? Of course, Moses' rod gobbled theirs up. <laughs> but you remember when he turned the Nile, the first, the first plague that he brought on Egypt? He, he turned the Nile red with blood. Aaron reached out and touched the water. Pharaoh's heart was hardened. And he didn't believe why. One of the reasons he didn't believe is because his magicians were able to recreate the same thing. Go look it up. I'm pretty sure I know what I'm talking about. So the devil can do things too. What's the point in all this? To get you scared of the supernatural or to just rule it out and make it illegal like most of the denominational churches. And <laughs> I'll go easy. It's Mother's Day. I love everybody. Praise God. 
Only by the Scriptures, folks. By the Bible. That's how we know if it's God. If it ever ventures, if it ever disagrees with this Word, it's not God. It's that simple. Paul said, if I, speaking about himself or an angel, preaches to you a different gospel than what you've heard, let them be forever cursed. The Word. That's what we have to rely on and depend on. Don't ever seek the Spirit. I don't know why I'm laboring on this. Don't ever seek the Spirit apart from the Word. Because it's through the Word that the Spirit is released. Hello. A lot of people have gotten themselves into big trouble trying to do spiritual things apart from the Word of God. And when you do that, there's somebody that's going to come in and he's going to eat your lunch and pop the bag. And he's not your friend. He's going to take you further than you want to go, charge you more than you want to pay, keep you longer than you want to stay. Mark 16, 20. I'm going to give you an example. I think it's the last verse of Mark. Mark 16, 20 says, And they went forth and preached everywhere, and the Lord working with them, and confirming the word with signs following. So the signs of the, that the Holy Spirit confirmed were the word, the message of Jesus, right? So no word of God, then nothing, nothing for him to confirm. You see that? See how simple that is? See, the Holy Spirit is humble too. He's here to glorify who? Jesus. He's here to glorify Jesus. He doesn't, he doesn't want you worshiping him. He's God, don't get me wrong, but He's here to glorify the Father and the Son, Jesus Christ. I've preached messages over the years about Genesis chapter 24, where Isaac gets a bride, where Abraham gets a bride for Isaac, Rebecca. And anyway, that that entire chapter is a self-portrait in this Bible by the author himself, the Holy Spirit. And in that entire chapter, he only gives himself the name of servant. He is awesome. He's humble. And he only seeks to glorify Jesus. In the early church, in Acts chapter 4, I'm going to give you just one or two more examples quickly. In, in Acts chapter 4, and just to give you, I think it's the 29th verse, they had, um, they had been mistreated. The disciples, these early preachers, they had been mistreated. And they had been threatened not to preach in the name of Jesus, right? Don't, don't preach in His name anymore. And so they called a prayer meeting. Wise. And remember, after they prayed, the whole place was shaken. Yeah. Yeah, I know people who've experienced that very thing. <clears throat> Acts, 20, Acts 4, verse 29 and 30. And now, Lord, here's what they prayed. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness. There's going to be boldness required in these days, folks. While you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. So again, the signs and wonders 
that are from God are to confirm the Word of God. Jesus used them like a dinner bell for people to come and receive the Word of God, which has the power to what? For salvation, to save your souls. It's the Word. Some people just go around chasing after a goosebump. When the goosebump was just there to get you to listen to the Word. And then God put gifts, ministry gifts, within the body of Christ to go around and, and heal the sick. And it's a good thing. Otherwise, all the Christians would be dead. <laughs> weren't for doctors and, and people with healing gifts and things like that. We thank God for all of them. Amen. I want to talk. Well, let me give you one more example. Acts 14.3. Again, Paul and Barnabas, they were in a place called uh, Iconium. And uh, I think that's where they were. And and they were having a hard time there. And it says that they prayed in Acts 14.3. It says, So they remained for a long time there, speaking boldly for the Lord, who bore witness to the word of His grace, granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. You see that? And what you're going to see is more and more of of the supernatural of God, the more that pressure is applied. The harder the situation for the servant of God... The people that are sharing the word, that's why you see, that's why you see people go to, to Africa and, and down in the Amazon and things like that, and which doctors will be levitating 15 feet off the ground, and they'll just walk out there and go, come down in the name of Jesus, and they'll fall down and break their neck or something, you know, and they'll bring little babies to them, and they just bring them back to life and hand them over. Now, do you think they've got their attention after that? Yeah, I do too. They had a lot of opposition in Iconium, and so the signs and wonders came, and the Lord was bearing witness to the word of His grace, the message of Jesus Christ. So we never, never, never separate the Spirit of God from the Word of God, because it's the Word of God that releases the Spirit. And all the power for the Christian, where does all the power for the Christian come from to walk this thing out? From the Holy Spirit. The life that I live now is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in me and gives life to this mortal body. Folks, you died on the cross with Jesus if you have truly been saved. And now, you are Holy Ghost powered. Isn't that awesome? I want to finish up with Mary since we started talking about her. The angel said that Mary would be honored in all, all generations, didn't he? So we want to continue to honor her today as we talk about mothers and blessed mothers. She was an amazing woman. She believed and agreed with God. Glad she said yes, right? <laughs> she gave birth to the Savior of the world. She Gave, she raised him. She raised lots of other kids. And we believe she lost her husband at a, a still pretty early age. 
And then she followed, she followed Jesus all through his ministry. She was there to witness his, his death on the cross, which is something no mother should ever have to see. And then she lost, when she lost at least two more sons for preaching the gospel. History tells us, because James, James, they weren't believing believers before Jesus was raised from the dead, were they? That's why hanging there on the cross, Jesus gave his mother to live with John, one of his disciples. I believe that's why. But they did become believers, didn't they? Because James ran the church in Jerusalem and he was stoned by the Jews. And Jude has a one-page book in the Bible. He was another brother of Jesus. And he was killed, I think, in Syria around AD 65 with an axe, if I, if I remember correctly. All those boys were martyred for their faith, except for John. And history tells us they tried to kill him. They tried to boil him and he just swam around in it like a refreshing bath. Luke 2, verse 19. Mary treasured up all these things. Who said that earlier? Mary treasured up all those things, pondering them in her heart. You know, when, he, when Luke said that, he had just listed a long line of miraculous things that had happened, right? And then it says, but Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. You know, Psalm 119, 11 says, I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I've heard people say that either the word of God will keep you from sin or sin will keep you from the word of God. Amen. It's going to be one or the other. And it's really good. Thing to really store up the word and meditate on the word, soak in it, fellowship with the word of God, because it is the power of God unto salvation. It will lead you, it will guide you, it will help you in every way. Amen. Yeah. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven says, I know, O Lord, that the way of man is not in himself, that it's not in man who walks to direct his own step. It's not within man to direct his own step. We are not... It's not our own life. We're not supposed to choose our own plans. Matter of fact, that's one of the things that I, I said that I would say to the young 18-year-old me. Don't follow your dreams. They're way too small. Go find the real Jesus no matter what it takes. And when you find Him, latch on to Him. And never let go. Amen. Mary was very humble. And I think that's a great characteristic for not only mothers, but for anybody. But, you know, she didn't act special. She could have she could have got very cocky, especially, you know, teenage girls. Woo! I do not understand them. I don't understand. There's a couple things I don't understand. I'm not good with teenage girls or mother-daughter relationships. The weirdest thing I've ever seen in my life. It's the biggest love-hate thing. Out, and I'm like, it it kind of scares me a little bit. So I, <laughs> my wife will tell you, yep. <laughs> uh, Luke 2.22, talking about Mary. 
And when the time came for the purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. So she did everything according to the law. She could have said, ah, God's, God's doing something great through me. The Messiah is coming through me. I'm, I'm not, I don't have to do all that stuff. You know, she could have, she could have been rebellious. She could have got prideful. She could have done things, but she just, she stayed in her lowly state. State. She, she didn't think high, more highly of herself. She stayed humble. She was obedient to God, to His Word, to His will, and and she just, she just continued on, just following the Lord and just allowing Him to, to play out the hand that He had dealt her. In Leviticus chapter 12, it talks about these things, about purification after childbirth. And I'm not going to go into all this too much, but it says when a woman conceives and bears a child, she has to come in and she has to wait seven days because she's unclean. And on the eighth day, which is what they did, they came and got him circumcised. And then for another 33 days after that, she has to... Uh, she's considered unclean. So she she can't touch anything holy or, or go into the sanctuary. And she did all this. So Mary did all that. You see what I'm saying? So she was very obedient. And she still just was submissive to God, to His law. She, she followed everything she was supposed to do. She stayed humble. And, you know, she gave a poor person sacrifice when she went into the... to, 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 to do that. So it, it says... In Leviticus 12, again, when it's describing what they're supposed to do, and it talks about when, when they come with a, a new son or a daughter that they're supposed to bring to the priest at the entrance of the tent of meeting a lamb a year old for a burnt offering and a pigeon or a turtle dove for sin offering. So she was, people think, she, she was a sinner. Everyone who ever lived was a sinner. I don't mean that she wasn't a virgin. <laughs> She's not anymore, so I don't call her the Virgin Mary. And I don't pray to her, but she was a darn good woman. And she loved God. But she brought a sin offering, but she didn't bring a lamb, did she? She was supposed to bring a lamb, but in Leviticus 12, verse 8, it says, If she cannot afford a lamb, then she shall take two turtle doves or two bidons. So that's what she brought. She brought a poor person's offering. And we know, so she was, they were poor. But we know that what the Bible says about Jesus, that he was rich. He became poor that we might become rich. Thank you, Jesus. I just want to point out that she was, she was a wonderful woman. And she's a great example. Amen. I want to close with this. In John 2. Mary gave us some advice. Most people, I've never heard anyone talk about this. I mean, I've heard them talk about the scripture, but I've never heard it looked like this. But remember the, the first miracle that Jesus did in a, can, a wedding in Cana of Galilee? I don't want to turn over there because I'll read the whole thing to you. But there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee. His mother was there. And Jesus was invited as well, and as, as, as well as his disciples. So they were all there. And like on the first day of it, they ran out of wine, which was not a good thing. It wasn't a good look, you know? And it would ruin the party that was supposed to go on for, for more days, right? So Mary comes. How many mothers would do this? She comes to Jesus. They're out of wine. And Jesus is like, woman... <laughs> 
<laughs> Which I would have got a house shoe of the teeth right about there. But he says, woman, what's this got to do with me? I, I, you know, I haven't begun my ministry yet. My time hasn't come. He didn't, he didn't turn her down, but he told her, basically, you know, it's not my time. That's not my problem. And what she do? She just tells the servants, do whatever he tells you. <laughs> when she said that, he knew. She knew he was going to do it. He loved his mother, and he wasn't going to tell her no. So she... <laughs> It's like, he's like, I haven't even started my ministry yet. And it's almost like she said, well, you're fixing to, buddy. <laughs> Just like a mama. <laughs> Time for you to get out of the mess, boy. Mary's only advice concerning Jesus that we find in the Bible is right there in John 2, 5. Do whatever he tells you. And folks, I give you that same advice today. Mothers and all believers, do whatever He tells you. Do it quickly. Agree with God. Say yes to whatever He tells you to do. You're never going to regret it, folks. Humble yourself before the Lord. Agree with God. He will exalt you in due season. God resists the proud. He exalts the humble. Gives grace and favor to the humble. Amen. Holy God, thank you for stretching out your hand, confirming your word with signs and wonders. I just speak a blessing over everyone here, Lord. Grant them peace and total health and wholeness. Victory over all sin and sickness and disease. Lord, I ask that you heal everyone here wherever they hurt. Heal their emotions, Lord. There are broken hearts, Lord, that I ask that you just mend together. Let them feel your loving arms around them. Just as a mother comforts her child, Lord, we just thank you that you will do that today and every day. That you will empower those who hear this message, either here in this place or some other place around the world at some time in the future, Lord. We just thank you for blessing everyone who hears this message, empowering them. Help the switch go off in their mind and in their heart, Lord, to say, listen, I, I think I've been praying a little bit wrong. I think I've been asking God to do things that, that the Word says He's already done for me, already granted. So all I'm going to do is I'm going to lay claim to the, the promises and the provision and the Word of God that pertains to me. And I'm going to say, Lord, let it be unto me as you have spoken. Let it be. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for everyone here. We just ask that you continue to bless and guide them. Thank you, Lord, that you have helped somebody today, healed them where they heard, empowered them through your promises and your word, and, and you've loved on them, and they will be prosperous in all that they lay their hands to. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Happy Mother's Day. God bless you all.